When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Happy Balls Wednesday, everybody. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. You're you. You're listening to us. We appreciate that very much. Thank you. Also should note that if you're watching on War Chant TV, as always, if you're so inclined, help us out. Hit that thumbs up button. Hit that like button. Make sure everybody else can find the program as well. On Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. Since I went away uh, for a day. Uh, we brought in another offensive lineman. And we had talked about uh, Turrentine uh, a while back and whether that would be a take for them, uh, whether or not that'd be a guy that you'd want to bring in. He's such a, uh, an, a, an, a weird sort of um, enigma as you look at his play, uh, at least by certain numbers, certain measuring sticks. Uh, he's a guy that uh, can be good. Uh, in a in a in a brutal conference with uh, really good defensive lines, uh, and then he can be uh, pretty terrible against awful teams and, and benched. So I don't know what he is, but I know that he's going to serve. He's a giant man, I can tell you that. Six seven, three hundred and forty pounds. Uh, at his best, he certainly could aid this team. Uh, at his worst, then he's taken up a a spot that's not good. So. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. I I'm curious about this. I do think that if you can get out of him uh, his best, uh, then you've probably improved your offensive line. And most of our takes have been solid to good when it comes to the offensive line. Um, kind of the the additions that they've tried to to utilize while they build it back up through high school recruiting. So I, I, we won't know until camp starts and see what kind of shape he's in. Well, you take it back to the beginning of spring camp where Mike Norvell had said that it was a critical camp for Lloyd Willis and, and to a lesser degree, Rod Orr. And I think what you've seen this offseason is that critical camp didn't go so hot. Yeah. Now, yeah. We, we can tell you that, but we also can't speak to every down or every rep in practice. We're not really allowed to do that. But actions speak louder than practice reports. And these actions are telling you that if they need somebody in a pinch, they feel like they're alone by themselves with no water, no food, no rations. And so they need all the help that they can get. And that's what this take speaks to me about, which is if we need two guys to fill in because all hell is broken loose against 
who, who, name your opponent. Wake Forest, Louisville. LSU, second game of the year. We don't like the second guy off the bench. We need, you know, and I'd rather take a chance on this kid that's inconsistent than the one that I know that I have in my own backyard. Yeah, at the end of the day, and I probably would uh, catch some blowback from Coach Norvell, uh, I, I openly stated within a week of watching spring practice that Lloyd Willis sucked. Uh, he had no chance. He looked awful. And I never saw him have a good day. Now, that's me. Coach Atkins might vehemently disagree with me, and he's abundantly more qualified. Uh, but I, I didn't see it. I, I didn't see the, the step forward. They were trying to motivate him. They wanted them to know that it was there for the taking, that there was something that if he went out and got it, uh, he could find his way into that starting lineup even. Um, but he was a long ways away. It just it wasn't there. And, and, and listen, I'm not completely giving up on him. I'm not saying there's no chance that he doesn't come along at some point, but I didn't see it. So to your point, that's exactly what they're doing. They're going out and they're getting um, Dimitri and, and guys like that, Emmanuel, because they know they don't have guys that have started big-time college football games and had any degree of success behind the starting group. Even within the starting group, they have a few guys that you could argue have not had uh, games in which they've started big-time college football uh, and, and, and found themselves successful. Uh, they, they've been guys that were tabbed to start, <laughs> but, but, but they didn't exactly have themselves a day. So they knew they had to find, and this also, it gets just back to what we all know and that we keep talking about and there's no way to avoid it, and I'm just glad they understand the urgency here. They don't have time. They don't have time to be screwing around. They got to have a season here, man. They got to put something together and they got to be good and good early. And they know it. They don't if somebody's not cutting the mustard early on, you want to know that you've had a guy who's played big time college football behind him and you can put him in and he gives you a fighting chance. And so Turntine probably gives you a fighting chance. You know, I don't know, he may start, who knows, but let's say he doesn't. At least he's played in the SEC and had some success, varying points, and you can say, "You know what? Let's put him out there. Let's put him out there because we know this ain't working." Going to be very busy work and good busy work to investigate what the offensive line looks like this wait. camp. I can't wait. It's, There's I, so I'm many really names pumped. now. Yeah, I am pumped. Uh, it's even think about watching third or fourth team reps with all these freshmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know those guys have a chance to be real good down the line. Um, it's again, we're, we're we're trying to get to a place. And you guys, if you've listened to me before, you, this is probably you know a broken record territory here. But you know when I talk about that starting lineup, and then I talk about the need for competition and depth, and then more importantly, the need to not ruin people. We've just, it's been a cycle of ruining people because on the offensive and defensive lines, if you start guys too soon, two bad things happen. They get whipped physically, and sometimes that leads to injury, but then that definitely leads to long-term psychological damage. They, their, their confidence is shook for lack of a better term, and you really, in many cases, don't see them take the next step. Uh, it's hard to take a step forward when you don't believe that you're capable or that the only evidence you have since you're leaving high school is that you're physically not strong enough to do it. And, and that's, it's, they, you know, that's been a, uh, an ugly cycle uh, where we've had to, out of sheer necessity, number problems, uh, injuries, uh, talent issues, we've had to thrust guys in there that you think, well, look, Six and one half dozen or another, it's not good. But this situation is relieved a little bit because his footwork is better than this guy who just can't play. You know, never mind the fact that he's going to lose out against some of the stronger veteran players that he's going to face. He gives himself a fighting chance because he's in the right position. I understand that the trenches is more about development and strength than any other position on the football field. But having said that, if you've got a freak 
that can contribute early. It's easier to do so when there are more options and not a sense of desperation. Mm -hmm. It's like, for example, if you're a rookie in a Dodgers farm system right now, if you get called up, you're going to hit seventh or eighth. <laughs> yeah, if you, you know, yeah, good if luck. You, yeah, even if you can crack that forty man, right? Mm -hmm. But if you come up and play for them, you're not going to hit third. You're not going to hit fourth. No. You're not going to hit sixth. No. It's a loaded lineup. <laughs> yeah. So there is no pressure on you when you're called up. It's like the Red Wings teams of the 90s. Right, right. right. You're going to go play fourth-line minutes or third-line minutes. If you chip in a goal, you're a hero. Mm -hmm. It's not the same as being on, name your team, the Coyotes. You're going to play first-line minutes. If you're going to play four, oh, I don't know, name your NL Central team yeah. here, the Cubs. You're going to hit fourth if you're a stud right now. There's no pressure on these freshmen this year, which is a great thing, what you're talking about. Even if you suffer now two or three injuries, which hopefully not, because that's going to hurt the win total we're looking for, you're not pressing true freshmen into work. But if one of them emerges, it's because they've earned it and they've climbed the ladder. It's not by default anymore. Listen, there's always the chance. I know I'm quick to point out some of the negatives of the past and potential pitfalls of the future. Because I like to have honest dialogue with you guys here, and I like to put us in the right frame of mind about what a realistic expectation is. At the same time, I, I try, and I'm not, I'm not always good at it, so I'm, it occurs to me now to bring this up. There's the plus side of this, too. Uh, you get a kid who's physically a monster. Say he drops some of the bad weight and gets himself in great shape. Say Atkins, who we know is as well thought of in the industry as an offensive line coach and offensive mind as there is. A guy that we're all, even as uh, early on in the process as we are, worried about losing. You know, that someday somebody's calling him to be a head coach and or somebody with deeper pockets sees his value in the same way that Norvell saw his uh, and, and says, Ooh, we need to go get that guy. But in the interim, what he is doing is connecting with a lot of guys. A lot of these kids that have come in here, whether it's Big Band Camp this week, whether it's any of the on-campus visits that you read about on Warchant.com, whatever it might be, right, they all bring his name up. He, he connects exceptionally well with these kids, relates to these kids, gets them to, uh, I, I think, feel both the, the, his intensity and focus and expertise as well as the arm over the shoulder. It's a nice mixture, right? I'm going to teach you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to whoop your ass. I'm going to do all these things because I love you and I want the best out of you. And it's a win-win for us, right? That, those are the best coaches. The coaches that you know when you're in the wrong are going to point it out and they're going to ride you. But you'll take it because you know they also care deeply, right? So he seems to have that. A lot of coaches do, but Atkins has it right now and he's connecting. Well, if that serves as a great motivator, if that serves as – Something that lights a spark in a kid who's otherwise been somewhat stagnant or wildly inconsistent, and you get the very best out of what he is. Say that happens with all these new guys, all the transfer guys, all the guys that we kind of don't know what to do with in our top 40 list because we're not sure how much they're going to contribute, if at all, whether they're going to be starters or third string. We don't, you know, we're trying to juggle all this. But if you if you think about the way. Dylan Gibbons came to this program and impacted this program once he dropped the bad weight, once he got his ass in shape. The second half of the season, he was our best offensive lineman. Wasn't close. Wasn't close. He was a pretty – I mean, you know, you go look at some of those numbers in some of the bigger games we played in the second half of the season. Dylan Gibbons was a plus player against good competition. All right, so say you are able to coax out of Bless Harris, out of this kid, 
Dimitri Manuel. Let's say, I mean, we know he's a good player at that level. Let's say he's ready now. He's a grown ass man. He's been playing football a long time. He's been in that weight room a long time. Now he's got himself uh, an elite coach to bring the best out of him, right? Put him in the best possible positions, right? Now, what if all those guys are a hit? Well, I dare say, friends, it changes my projection on this season radically. If they're all hits, if every one of them are hits, I think you're clearly looking at an eight-win season at that point because you can run the damn football, create real balance, make defenses play you honest, get yourself ahead of the chains more often than not, and you give Jordan Travis a real chance to succeed, and you also broaden the scope of your offense. There's another transfer in there, too. Lyles. Caden Lyles, who, you know, if he takes the field in the fall and practices more than a day, I, you know, I mean, I, what I'm saying is he, there weren't too many consecutive days where that guy was uh, riding with the ones. We didn't see it, right? He kind of was just getting a feel for what they were asking him. So I think he was learning the language of the offense, and I also think he was nursing and recovering from an injury. So we don't know what he is. Now, if I'm at a projecting guess, I think he's a slow-footed powerhouse. So I don't think he's going to be an elite-level athlete. You're not going to see that. Do think he could very well be uh, a road grader. He could be a guy that uh, in the run game, in the interior, you may have something there. You may have something running downhill here. Yeah. Uh, can he hold his own uh, in pass protection? Uh, well, let's see in the fall. Let's see what he is. Uh, does he win the starting center's job over Maurice Smith? Sure, hope so. Uh, unless Maurice Smith is putting on 35 pounds that I don't know about. And he might. He might. Who knows? We could have a, a newfound, energized, well-balanced nutritional plan for these young men in this offseason. I sure hope that's the case. The Bama table has needed to be here for a very long time, and it hasn't existed. I'd like to see it. Hopefully Coach Storms has access to that kind of nutrition to aid his workout program. Well, if you've hit on half of these transfers, just half of them, you've already changed the game. Yeah, you change your depth chart. You fundamentally shifted what it looks like, mm-hmm. and you're not punchless if if somebody goes down for a week or two. That's the key. Yeah, man, I, I, I that's the hope. That is the hope. I, I, I'm I am really uh, hopeful, and I think uh, optimistic that uh, because of the position, because of that position. If you tell me we're taking a chance on another corner, I'm like, yeah, all right. You know, but you tell me we're going to go ahead and try to ride with numbers on a few uh, offensive linemen, given what that position of need is and who coaches it. I go, all right, all right. You you may have me here. You may have me uh, believing a little bit more in what's possible this season. I'm excited for the fall. In fact, it can't get here soon enough. You know, I was driving back this morning from St. Augustine Beach, and uh, I was listening to. Uh, to a program, and and they were talking about college football. Were, I was, it was a podcast. And as uh, they were talking, they were kind of previewing the ACC. And I was, you know, agreeing, disagreeing with points, as we all do as we listen to it. And you're trying to size up other programs and teams in your head and where they're at. And they, they kind of looked at us as a bit of a wild card, and I agreed with that. Like, hey, you know, Florida State might be good this year, one of the hosts said, right? They may actually be good. They could win, you know, eight, nine games, and we might all be like, oh, look at Florida State's back in the conversation. And it, and it made me smile a little bit because I think that's the way everybody kind of views us now as we get set to go in July to the ACC kickoff in Charlotte. I think a lot of people just kind of view us as, I, I don't know. You know, they sucked last year, but sure played better at the end of the year than they did at the beginning of the year, and 
might have started to find something there. They seemed to be cohesive. They certainly played hard in every game. They had plenty of reason not to after that first four, you know, start. So, you know, like like people try to look at us and can't figure us out. Yeah, on the dais when you're in the main ballroom, the ACC asks the first question or two, mm-hmm. and they're always, as you might imagine, softballs, kind of like they were written by sports information for the university, state-sponsored media. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you that one of the two questions this year is going to be, so what went into finishing the season 5-3 and three yeah. and playing close games all the way after a slow start to the season? They won't say 0-4. After a slow start to the season, what made you guys buy in and believe and then obviously contend in all eight games and win five of them? That's going to be the question. And that is the foundation for the argument of eight or nine wins this year is is the five and three to finish. Well, yeah, and you added a couple receivers, and and you know I don't know what we're going to get out of those receivers. Um, at least in the case of uh, Johnny Wilson, I do think you're going to get a lot out of Micah Pittman. Uh, that's a guy. If you ask me, of all the wide receivers, and that includes Ontario Wilson, that includes uh, Malik McLean. Uh, you know who do I think will be the most consistent of that bunch? Micah Pittman. I believe that kid is a fierce competitor, makes contested grabs despite his stature, is tough physically, uh, and I think he's got a dog in him, man. He he looks like he wants to prove something here, which is good, uh, because if he's uh, if he's if he's half the player his dad was or his brother is, then we we got something here. Let's go, let's go. Uh, That's the other thing about the transfer portal meeting us at the right time, and and you don't want to live and die by the portal. No. Although I wonder if it's going to be a large part of program building if you're not one of the power four or five it has to be it can be you now have an opportunity think about these lesser tier programs that do have uh alumni with money are tired of having sand kicked in their face you know if i think about a program that if you're just sizing up the programs in the particular conference right so you could do this for all the conferences you do this the big 12 sec acc where there are all there are these uh, fan bases that are extremely loyal, diehard. Uh, they have some history to them. They haven't really mattered in the last 20 or 30 years. They've been passed over by some of the uh, stronger programs and the more uh, well-invested programs. But they have a desire to get back there, and there's a little bit of new money there uh, with these television contracts. So if you took a team out of the SEC, uh, maybe you would take a Kentucky or, a, or even a South Carolina, which has a great fan base, right? And they're hungry. They're hungry. They're tired of just not mattering all that much. I know they won 10 games, but you, you get my point. Like programs like that, you're not going to out recruit Georgia. You're not going to out not consistently. You're not going to out recruit Florida. You're not going to out recruit Alabama, Auburn, uh, LSU. They know that, right? So even within your own conference, there's five, six, seven teams that you're not going to out recruit. Now you got a shot because you have people with money who want to see you win, and you can say, you know what? Screw this. We're not going to get the five star high school kid to come here, but we can get the kid that failed that went away to Alabama and didn't make it work. Boom, let's grab him. Right, or like my goal would be if I'm one of those athletic directors or NIL collective fund people is, you know when you hear on Sunday Night Football and they do the colleges, you know, most guys speak to their colleges, some do their high schools, and you hear Central Michigan or you hear, you know, whatever. Where did uh, Chattanooga, that's where T.O. played. Mm. But there are a lot of those, especially in the offensive line, but you hear a lot of non-traditional power schools. So my goal would be, number one, who are those kids and let's get them at 20 before they get to the NFL, so they say our name. They're going to say our school. I never want to hear on Sunday Night Football a player say Central Michigan ever again. They're going to say our name because we're going to find them and be the bridge to the NFL for them. That's the goal, and the beauty of the transfer portal fitting us at this time in our program's history is we have a chip on our shoulder. That's who we are. That's who we have to be. So you're getting a lot of 
half mercenary, half yeah. buy-in guys, and whatever it is, Jermaine Johnson was on the good side of it. But whatever the reason, if you get a bunch of people with chips on their shoulder, now you've got an identity because that's what this fan base has to feel like too. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it's not quite revenge tour yet, but maybe in a year or two it is revenge tour. I'll tell you what. Um, the, 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 the effort with the numbers on the offensive line, uh, I'll just conclude with this, has me very encouraged. I, I don't know how good of players – all those guys are going to be. I mean, obviously, we haven't had a chance to see uh, Jazz up close, as they're calling him now. Jazz, my boy, Jazz. We haven't seen him up close. Uh, Emmanuel, I've got a lot of hope for. Um, it'd be nice. It'd be nice, right? I mean, that's a guy that's played a ton of football, and I would think uh, has grown man strength at this point, and now a great coach uh, to work with him. We did see Bless Harris, and we both liked Bless Harris quite a bit. Bless Harris elevated himself in my mind to the level of a starter. So, man, I don't know how many times that I've been, I've had to beat the drum. And you football people out there know this. You guys all know this, right? We, we, we like the shiny car. We like to see the kid that runs four three. We love that athlete. We all do. But we also know this game is a brutal game and it's about blocking people. It's about blocking people. And on the other side, it's about blowing up the, the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and if you can do that with any degree of regularity, even against the better teams on your schedule, you can win a lot of games. You can win a lot of games, even with you can win a lot of games even with an average quarterback. And I think we have an average quarterback who has a unique skill set. He has a an elite element to his game, but he's an average overall quarterback. But he he will develop into what looks to be a pretty consistently good quarterback uh, if if you have an offensive line in front of him that he can trust and you create uh, more elements of your offense, utilize more elements of your offense, and create a balance. I, every quarterback benefits from that. I'd like to see that for Jordan. I'd like to see him reach his potential. Again, I, I'm always going to wonder about him as a thrower, but we'll see. We'll see. He's got some time, and he starts to trust it. Hey, we can wonder about him as a thrower on the way to a nine-win season. Who cares? I'd love to have that speculation and talk. Ugh. I still don't know what he is. I know we're winning all of these games <laughs> because we've got better trench play, but I still don't know. I don't know if he's a good thrower or not. That would be a great place to be. Yeah. Well, again, some of these guys, I don't know that they're going to be great when they get here. Uh, some of them we haven't seen. Again, Jazz, I haven't really seen. I've looked at those uh, PFF numbers and for what they are, and there's some, there's some confusion in there. But uh, body type-wise, if you get the best version of him, you get him and you, you know, put some good weight on him and, and shred some of the bad – then at the very least, maybe you have um, a, a, a quality depth piece. He's just an asset in that way, maybe. Yeah, and it, what he reads like as a baseball comp is Mark Reynolds. You know, that's what the PFF <laughs> looks like. A lot of home runs, yeah. but my oh, God. A lot of swing lot and of, miss there, isn't there? A lot of nothing else. Oh, a yeah. couple, couple stretches there where my man went 0 for 12 over three games with 10 Ks. Like, how do you explain good performances <laughs> against Florida and Kentucky, the home runs, versus several against teams you never heard of that are in the red? Yeah. Mark Reynolds. That's how. Yeah, well, and if you got a good team around Mark Reynolds, you throw him in that DH spot, you're like, all right, pop that three-run bomb oh. every once in a while, Mark, and you'll be all right. You can hit 207 for us. Third and goal <laughs> from the one. Here he comes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Cameron, 293, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great song. Suck it up first. Good work. Don't forget about my friends at Hamilton Home Loans. So you might be considering uh, buying a new home, and you're thinking to yourself, in the current climate, we've all heard that demand is very high. Tom found that out himself. He knows. Demand was high. Tom came swooping in there and outbid somebody. Pure cash, homie. Just suck it. Actually, that's a good story for another time. Yeah, but yes, it's exactly what happened. Inventory is low. If you want to get a leg up on the rest of the buyers, all making offers in the same house as you, it could be a toughie, but the first place that I would suggest you go to is to call my friends Chad and Shannon, the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. They'll get you that complete pre-approval underwriting. That's what you need right there. Let's get it done. Let's go. There's a lot more to that uh, than you think, and uh, you want to have a, an advantage, and you do with the proven winning team, uh, Chad and Shannon, Hamilton Home Loans. Give them a call. Find out more today. It's 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN, also FSUHomeLoans.com. I'm sure they're excited today. They're excited today for a couple reasons. A, Florida State keeps adding to this offensive line, at the very least perhaps providing some quality depth. And then B, it does look like, if you just read these quotes, and I'm going to now for you because maybe you're driving, maybe you're working, you don't have time to go look for this quote. So here you go. Uh, Link Jarrett, which figures to be, or I think has a very good chance to be, the next head baseball coach at Florida State University, and is on the mind of many. We'd like to just see this get wrapped up. In fact, oddly... And, Link, if you're listening, don't take this personally. I know you won't. Uh, I would guess that 99.9% of Florida State's faithful baseball fan base said, uh, I sure hope Notre Dame gets their ass kicked today when it happened uh, yesterday. I think a lot of people were kind of like, yeah, let's hope they lose. And when they started to lose, people were like, all right, there it is. That's the way. Get them out of there. Because being in limbo is uncomfortable. You know, either you're moving on and – directing your attention elsewhere and moving forward with something, or, you know, you're stagnant. And nobody likes that. When you're limbo, you're just kind of, I don't know what to do here. And so the sooner that they get bounced, the sooner we can begin this negotiation and move it on down the line. And um, I know it had to have been really tough for him because I think, and uh, I don't know who the hell Matthew Stevens is or Carter Carell's is. Um, Carter's a new colleague of ours. He works at the, uh, the paper now. Oh, he's on TDOs. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Carter. Uh, I do. I I have to look at your picture. I, I'm better with faces. Uh, but anyhow, I uh, I just want to note that he did a good job of tweeting this out here and pointing out that Link's been asked about the Florida State job a lot, and I do think it's got to be really difficult 
uh, for him as he was going to the College World Series because you develop bonds. You develop, uh, obviously, we all know this, right? Ideally, you develop really close-knit bonds, the kind where players want to run through a wall for you. And this may have been a problem for Mike Martin Jr., which we hope is remedied with the hiring of Link Jarrett, right? Um, that, that, that connection to his players um, is, is, is something that you see in the way they play the game, Tom. Right, like would they run through a tissue paper finish line that's being held across <laughs> the end of a race? Like would they even do that much? That was the um, question. So uh, this, is, this is Link Jarrett here. When we were in Knoxville, whatever day that was, Friday, they made that maneuver, the focus to try to redirect because you're getting question after question on it. I'm sitting there with these guys that are the best. These guys are the best. They're unique species of student athlete. You can forget that out there. I mean, that's why we're here, but remove the baseball part. These are exceptional guys. These are global leaders that are in the making, in the world of finance, and whatever field they'll be in, that's where they will end up. To have that group of guys, my focus had to be on them and not all the other stuff. And you know what? I had to deal with it last year. When your, program, when your program's doing the right thing, you're going to have those distractions, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. And I tried with all I had not to go there in my mind. And it was very difficult. But I wanted to know when this thing either ended with a trophy or not, that there were, there were, they, were there, they were the focus, excuse me, of what I was doing. And they're just phenomenal. Phenomenal human beings. Yes. So, you know, he's talking about having to be there, wanting to be there for those guys, finish this thing off the right way. I think it's interesting that you note that when this thing ends, that doesn't portend of, see you next year. No, it doesn't. And whether or not his name is the one that the wheel stops on for this job, it's just when he's done, you can get to the conclusion of whatever negotiation you're doing. I just like this for a couple of reasons. Number one, yeah, he's not saying, I can't wait to coach these guys again next year. No. I can't wait to coach these global leaders. He's also saying, look at the job I've done. These are not baseball players. Look these at are the finance. nerds that I turned into right, a fine right. bunch of baseball yes. players. These guys are going to be global <laughs> leaders in the world of finance. You know what they're not going to be? Draft picks. These guys aren't going to be draft picks. Just amazing what I've done. Thing is, though, um, some of them will. He had a good team. He had a senior-laden team, too. It's important to point that out. He had a bunch of guys uh, that uh, will be moving on, Tom. Moving on. The emphasis or lack thereof, Notre Dame, baseball, facilities, history, investment, right? Uh, I think would make it easy for Link Jarrett to want to move on. And then you throw in the obvious factors which is, uh, this is where he played, and this is where he grew up, and I would think that if Florida State's competitive uh, with the offer, that uh, they'll get their guy. They'll get their guy. So we'll all just hold out and wait. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe somebody. Maybe there's another player involved in all this. I said last week when we had this uh, talk, hey, look, man, if Southern Cal, which has now decided to overspend on everything, because they can, if they decide, well, Link Jarrett's our guy. I want Link Jarrett. I want that guy. Just give them $3 million a year. Well, I mean, if you're Florida State, you say, have a good day, good luck out there, man. I'm not paying you $3 million a year to come coach baseball. I'm not. But short of that, I think Florida State is going to aggressively um, pursue their guy, and I think, they'll, I think they'll probably get him. Price tag has to be between 850 to 1.2. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No matter who it is. No matter who it is. Yeah. 
If you look around out there for the best baseball coaches and those that are having success at the best programs uh, on the upper crust of, of salaries, yeah, that's you're right. That's what you'd be looking at, 800000 to $1.2. You've just got to signal, though, that you're committed. You know, it's not because let's just say you brought in somebody because you whiffed on a candidate that you really wanted and you're bringing a guy in for 600 It's like, well, so what did we really just do? What did we really do here? Did we advance and advance the mission and, and the mandate of what FSU baseball is about, or do we have egg on our face because we thought we were going to get this one guy and clearly we weren't prepared for a plan B? I'm not predicting that to happen. All I'm saying is once the, the wheel stops, like I said, whoever's name it is, you got to show the financial commitment. That's what firing meat was about, is that we're, we're pressing forward as an athletic department here. Where expectations aren't about... Well, your name or uh, feeling rosy about people who have been around for a long time. It's about getting the job friggin' done. Yeah, I think there's clearly uh, a, a mandate there, but I also think that situation may have just been uh, oddly uh, in a vacuum. I don't know that, but I mean, it sounds like there were some untenable things there. So I, I don't know. Uh, it will be fascinating to see how it plays out this time around, who they bring in, if it's Link, what they pay him. We're all going to be interested. Is it something that signifies uh, an aggressive negotiation uh, moving forward for all coaches, for this athletic director and his willingness to part with people and all that stuff. I mean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But uh, I know I know, amongst the fan base, we'll all be very excited. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. You played this last night. I think I sent it to you. Yeah, it's the video. Yeah, it's the one I sent you. It was good. It was good. Uh, Are they good? Yeah, they were great. They were great. Uh, it was I, it was asked expected. I kind of there are bands that you know you're like they'll be great live, just whether it's the type of music they play, um, the instrumentation, whatever it might be. Like you're like yeah, they can replicate that. And his voice is exactly like you hear there. It's 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 exactly like it is on the album. But yeah, no, the, the show was great. Ton of energy. Uh, That's good. You were worried about that. I was because they just played Bonnaroo and they're turning around and playing Charleston, South Carolina tonight. And I was like, man. They are like boom, 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 going, and I was wondering if we, because sometimes when you catch groups that are touring hardcore and they're well into the tour and they have three shows in four days, you're kind of like, man, am I going to catch them on that third show or that second show where they're a little bit, a little leery, a little weary? But no, they were. He brought it. Yep, that was over in Destin, 30A. Uh, Tedeschi Trucks did that. They didn't care to be there one bit. J.J. Gray was awesome, and he plays in, in September, but he had a show the night before with you, uh, with um, My Morning Jacket, which I think they were at High Water Fest. Right. So that's not uh, you know close. I think that's also in South Carolina. And uh, somebody yelled at J.J. because they came down the same night. I said, how, how are they going to be? He goes, oh, they rock last night. Get ready. My Morning Jacket's going to kill it. And they did. Good. They cared. Good. So I'm glad to hear that Nathaniel was the same no, way. No, he was ready. He was good. He was excited to be there. He told stories that the last time he had been in St. Augustine, they opened up for the Lumineers. And then before that... Oh, he, wow. Yeah, and that he wrote uh, that song right there. Um, Look at here, yeah. Yeah, he wrote that on the beach in St. Augustine. He did? Yeah, he's like, he, he said, he goes, this place has got a little place in my heart. He's like, I've, I've only been here a couple times, but both times were significant. And then he told the story. That doesn't seem like a song you'd write on St. Augustine well, Beach. That's interesting. He's in a headspace, right? You're writing a th thematic album. So maybe it was. He's just sitting there relaxing. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. You know, observation here, women are under so much pressure. I swear to God, when I, when, <laughs> just by the way, women, you guys are, I feel for you. Men have ruined women. I swear. It's like I, there is not one woman that goes to a concert that knows how to dress. Not one. 
And I think it's this need to try to impress even when you're not equipped to. And it's just they don't have friends. They don't have friends to say, Mary, oh that's not what we do. Yo, man. No, I, that's, I, I blame men. I blame men. You blame men. Yes. Boy, oh, boy. A lot of people are clicking off of this channel. No, Here we go again. No, no, Another no. one. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for it. I'm just saying I blame men for that. I'm saying that it's crazy how many people think. Like, I wouldn't wear certain things. Like, I, okay, as a man, you know when a guy's in great shape when he's not. Everybody does. We have eyes. It doesn't sure. really matter if you're a man, woman, whatever. You know if you're in the best shape of your life right. or not. You can get away with a certain shirt or not. Yeah, I'm wearing a schmedium. It's going to come up above the belly button. <laughs> there we go. If you're That's feeling what we're like, rocking. If you're feeling like showing it off a little bit and you're in the best shape of your life, you know which shirt does or does not do that. I'm telling you, when you go to a concert, it's not like women have no judgment. It's like, what are we doing here? But I think also you're dealing with a different crowd. You've got a hippie-ish crowd that will go to a music festival and they'll wear all kinds of weird stuff or lack uh, thereof. I'm not talking about weird. not talking about weird. I'm not talking about weird at all. Oh, you mentioned the word weird in the I'm beginning. I'm talking about okay. things that don't fit. Period. Don't fit. That doesn't fit you. Susan, that doesn't fit. You can't wear that. Oh, you can, but it doesn't fit you. Well, I think Susan, by definition, would wear something that doesn't fit. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's like, a name you don't I'm hear anymore. Like, why? Do they not have mirrors? I'm like, what is going on? And listen, if you wore something, and I, this is across the board here. If you and I were going to play golf or something, I don't know. Right. And you had it in your head you were going to wear a half shirt. I'm like, Tom, that's not appropriate. You don't need to wear that half shirt. First of all, you can't pull it off. Secondly, it's a half shirt. This is not It's not acceptable where we're going. That, that's fair, but also, okay, let me take a look at the guys. Now, I have not been there, obviously, but I, I've been to plenty of concerts like this. There, I'm not saying the there are dudes dude. wearing the tri-blend shirts that are like the, the fit, the contour fit shirts. Yeah, they're, And they, they've I'm got saying, the craft beer bellies. Not saying that there aren't guys who plenty fall of. in this category, but it is 100% every woman there was dressed inappropriately. And I, oh, every one of them looked ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, just either over the top, I'm wearing nothing, which uh, you're free to do so, or that with no acknowledgement that you're not in a position to wear that. Like, things fit or they don't. Is this a long form tee up for an OTF read? Is that what we're we're doing here? (laughs) (laughs) It's just an observation. It's just I'm, I'm like there must be a lot of pressure. Hey, let them a wear what they want to wear, man. I'm not Don't trying you judge to judge them. I'm not trying to. T- I will judge them, and I'm not trying to take away their ability to wear anything they want to wear. No, that's Nobody's not a statement, that. right yeah, there. I will judge them, every one of them. As I was sitting there, every person that walked by, man or woman, I judged. Yes, but they were. It was absurd. I'm like, come on, man. Nobody is. Where is your friend? Where is your friend? You gotta have good peer groups and friends around you to say. Eh. You hear that, people with shaky confidence issues? <laughs> you are being judged. Oh, He's doing it. No. He's doing it. I'm not saying it to them. They'll never know. They'll never know. Well, now they do. Hey, by, by the way, the thousands they know. By the way, guy that sat next to me with his lovely wife uh, is watching the show. You know, friendly enough guy. His lovely wife, who apparently was dressed sloppily she and was, slovenly. She was dressed appropriately. Oh, uh, an exception. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, definitely an exception. Uh, I said 99.6%, didn't I? Uh, no. So, <laughs> Every one, I think. Okay, all right. 99. Every single one. So you're going to be at the literalist now? How long have you worked with me? <laughs> so so here you go. Uh, we're sitting there, and that guy like looked over twice, and I'm wondering, and finally he goes, man, you're Jeff Cameron. And I go, I am. He goes, that's awesome. You're at this show. I've listened to you for 20 years. That dude has been listening to me 
since the morning show days, randomly sat next to me at this concert last night. We were slapping five because he loves, obviously, Nathaniel Waitliff just like I do. And we had a laugh, talked about it. He's like, I remember listening to you in the morning show days. That was cool. It was just a fun little moment. Talked about Florida State a little bit, talked about the band, talked about concert venue in general. Good times. Now, if she wasn't dressed appropriately or not, I, now I know why you couldn't say so. So I understand now because he's a listener. He's going to listen to this here podcast. Oh, he, no, might no. Be, he might be on YouTube right now. His name's Mike. How you doing, Mike? Um, yeah, no, no, no. He's, she was a, a, a lovely lady. Lovely lady. She was the exception. She was probably sitting there thinking, look at all these chicks not dressed appropriately. It's not so random, though, that you ran into a fan at a Nathaniel Rateliff concert. It is not that random. No, when you have it's millions si- of people listen to the podcast yeah. every year. It's a, it's a sizable venue, though, that we were, we were sitting right next to each other is interesting. Like, maybe, maybe I would see them in the beer line. That happens. But the fact that they were sitting right next to me, that is kind of a lot. The streak continues. It happens all over the place. Mm. Corey and I ran into a fan outside of Amelie when we were at the Marriott waiting to go. A hockey audience. A yeah, hockey but, audience. but you know, Tampa. Strange. Tampa. I um, ran into one at City Field last year. That is cool. Now that's right cool. Right field goes, Tom. I go, what? Yeah. Now that's where it's weird. I was like, is that my cousin or something? Because my dad's <laughs> one of 11. My dad is one of 11, so I don't know half my cousins. Oh, Catholics man. and Mormons, man. They know what they're doing. But yeah, Mets game. So it's just amazing. Millions of people. I bet. Well, I'll leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. I want He was dressed appropriately. Is that where you were getting at? No, I was just going to. Uh, there's just a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I'm, I'm glad I don't have daughters. I would struggle. I would struggle. Because I think that the women I'm talking about feel the need to try to look sexy. I don't know if it's a concert thing, if it's just it's hotter than Hades. I don't know what it is. But you're like, man, you don't, you're trying too hard there. You're just trying too hard. And clearly your friends don't care about you. Because there's a way to jazz it up with something that fits. You can jazz it up, but you got to wear something that fits, man. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. First class always free at Orange Theory Fitness. Now's the time to join. First month free if you buy the heart rate monitor, which you're going to want to do. And, hey, if you've been intimidated, if you walked past either of the locations, there are two in Tallahassee, and you look in there and you see people uh, huffing and puffing, sweating, looking exhausted, yep, yeah, that's true, it happens, but it's all science-backed, controlled, and you kind of dictate you know, what your base pace is going to be, what your all-outs are going to be, and everything in between, you know. Uh, I think um, I think you can ease your way into it, and you'll find it's not so intimidating after all. But, uh, again, that first class being free, you might as well. You might as well do it. I would encourage you to do so. Again, there's north side. There's also Midtown location. That's uh, Orange Theory Fitness. You want to be scantily, tomorrow, actually. scantily clad yeah, at you a gotta uh, have to do it. rate lift concert, and you want it to be appropriately yeah. scantily clad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be able to get away with it. Get out there. Yeah. Gonna, you know. You can always get away with it. You can wear whatever you want to wear. I'm not trying to tell people to wear something different. Wear whatever you want to wear. Just some people look good doing it, some people don't. That's true across all sexes. I'm just noticing that it adversely affects women more than men. I've noticed that. Because we get away with T-shirts and jeans. We, we don't really have to be fashion icons. It's, it's like women are pressured to do that. And I see that. I see the pressure. I see it. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Somebody should have stepped in. That's all I'm saying. It's okay. And my judgment is not that of a man who thinks that uh, I look great. I don't. 
I'm not worried about it. You could say, oh, well, you're ugly, Jeff. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. That's fine. I, I, I agree. Whatever. It's not that. Having a fun time with the uh, the wife right now because she's starting a new gig, and uh, the gig is headquartered in New York City. Yes, it is, and I'm excited for her and you. She flies up tomorrow mm-hmm. for uh, the first round of integration, orientation, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and uh, she's you know getting a new wardrobe for that. So that's fun. She's bringing home stuff, and I'm being that guy. Like, yeah, that is stunning. Killer. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, right. Isn't that fun? That's fun. It's fun. Yeah, she hasn't done that in forever. So, and I would yeah. bet you anything. Now, again, because you love one another and she trusts you, that she's going to ask for your opinion. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Get you somebody like that, ladies. Man, woman. Well, she'll tell whomever. me. Yeah, that's, Correct. that's a 50-50 split. Correct. That's my observation. Like these was... folks going to the show. Yeah. My man, you would rather delicately say, I think this other outfit looks better. Yeah. I right. think you would. Yep. She. Uh, <laughs> I think it was the second or third trip to Pensacola. We were going to dinner. She goes, what are you doing? I go, what do you mean? She goes, yes. put some slacks on. Yeah. Like, what, shorts don't cut? Yeah. No. Freaking hobo. Where do you think we're going? Put oh, on some Well, pants. they weren't athletic shorts. They were like Bermuda shorts. They're like, still. It got to be. And I said, you know what? I appreciate that. Yes, you Thank do. Thank you very much. You want people looking out for you. That's the point. Yeah. Like, somebody who you trust to be honest with you, and you can be honest back, and it doesn't come from a place of uh, cruelty or hatred or anything like that, right? Yeah. Anytime she asks me, I get very excited. Because or or tells me to do something, I'm I'm very excited with, with the clothing stuff because I'm like, okay, that sounds good. I like it. Good suggestion. Because then if it ever goes back the other way, and maybe she gets defensive about it, and this happens in anything, it could be in the dishes, it could be whatever. I'm like, remember, <laughs> hey, hey, get in there on those dishes. Well, dishes. Well, remember, <laughs> remember when you told me to do this? Yeah. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah. Not from a bad place. Just come on now couple things the uh we got an nfl related story i want to get to next hour yes we'll address brooks kepka's trader ass and yes we'll look at um uh, a couple of your questions that you asked here they want lightning talk in the chat yeah some people do that was a nice bounce back that was a little we're not dead yet here's a little six to two for that ass hour number two forthcoming stay with us. jeff coverage show 93.3 real talk radio or chat tv